My name is Joe O'Byrne and I wrote the play Fish Climbing Trees. Hi, my name is Claire Barrett and I am playing Clara Ryan in Joe Byrne's Fish Climbing Trees. My name is Peter Daly and I'm playing Mike in Joe's play Fish Climbing Trees. Well, Fish Climbing Trees, the actual title is a, a quote from Albert Einstein. The Einstein quote is about fish climbing trees is that if you judge a fish by its ability to climb trees, it'll always grow up believing it's stupid. Essentially, it's a play about uh, three comedians and uh, and this kind of joke about the fish climbing trees features in uh, in one of the uh, routines that, one, that the principal character, uh, Clara Ryan, does. So Clara is a psychiatric nurse who's currently working part-time as she dabbles to try out a new career in stand-up comedy. She works in the community uh, in psychiatric care and she visits clients in their house, residents in their house and also brings helps them with their shopping and their activities. And then at night time, she and her two friends are trying to set up a little troupe, a comedy troupe. So it's trial and error. They're hoping to err on the side of more controversial comedy. And because of that, she sometimes uses professionally, probably unprofessionally, I should say, she uses some of the stories that she has encountered during her other work life. Mike is a psychiatric patient who has a difficult background. His father was a painter and uh, his father left the family quite young, but before he left, managed to physically abuse them. He, he himself has kind of been brought up in this kind of difficult environment. And then he himself was also very good at art. And something happened around his leaving cert where he he had a breakdown. I always wanted to write something about stand-up comedians because maybe because I'd like to have been one myself and I wouldn't have the nerve or the courage to actually get up there and, and, and do the job because it has to be the most nerve-wracking job on earth. You know, if you stand up there and you and you tell the jokes and they don't laugh. And we're doing the radio play, obviously, we can actually can the laughter, but actually to get up there live and do it. And so it was kind of, I had often thought about writing material for stand-ups and I never did it. And so this was kind of like, I thought this would be a way of actually exploring that world. That's the wonderful thing about radio you know, you can be anything you want to be. I mean, myself personally I enjoyed playing a six foot two leggy blonde. You know, it was a wonderful part and uh, she was also funny and doing stand-up comedy. Uh, no, it was very good to be able to push that button because that's not something that a lot of us get to try within a play situation. You are doing comedy in a very different way. In a stand-up comedian It's so very different. And I think a lot of people think they're the same thing. They're not. They're two completely different worlds. So it was lovely to just try that out in the safety of drama on one, as opposed to having to tread the boards in the international bar or the like to test it out. He more or less falls in love immediately for Claire Barrett's character, Clara, who's a nurse uh, helping out in the in the residential home, who also then is is doubling up as a stand up comedian. And he, he falls in love with her and he's he's then kind of chasing that love for more or less the rest of the piece and he's been told that people with psychiatric problems it's not quite clear whether or not they can go on and have relationships with normal people or you know whether they should or they shouldn't so it's kind of trying to explore that whole issue really. What makes a good stand-up comedian I believe the first thing is having human empathy in other words that they're creating humour or jokes about people or situations but they have a basic deep understanding of of what's going on with that person at that moment. That's what makes good comedy. So uh, the irony is that I was a nurse in a former life. I trained as a general nurse and then a paediatric nurse. So I would have had dabbled in some 
psychiatric um, hospitals but not on a full time basis as is the way and nurses are very much part of our life and our culture I have played many as a nurse in various forms in uh, Fair City indeed here in RT and also in a couple of films and also in ads and the like I qualified as an accountant when I went away to college I didn't really know what to do so I I originally started in Galway RTC and then uh, I did business studies because when you don't know what you want to do you just do business but I was actually quite good at it so I transferred to DCU and I did an accounting and finance degree and I got a job at one of the big accountancy firms and I qualified as a chartered accountant. And the day I qualified, 30th of April 1999, I left full-time accountancy and became uh, as much of a full-time actor as I could. I've been a regular contributor to Drama and One over the last 10 years and I've uh, written plays such as Yardstick, which dealt with uh, bullying and had Saoirse Ronan and Amy Huberman in it. Old Punk's Rule, which was uh, about ageing and had John Kavanagh, Crane, which dealt with the kind of crash and mental health issues that followed from it with Stephen Brennan. I've also been involved in the adaptation and directing work by other authors. Uh, Maeve Brennan, uh, I adapted her Mrs. Dearden stories into The Blue Hyacinth and that with Barry McGovern was in it, Jane Brennan, David Hurley and the late Anita Reeves and I've directed The Revenant by Pat McCabe. I've Worked regularly with Pat McCabe in the theatre and this was a play I'd done at Galway Arts Festival a number of years ago and we had Nick Dunning playing the, the lead role in that. So when I initially left college, I would have, uh, I, as I said, I did a master's in paediatrics in Trinity and in Harker Street Children's Hospital and would have transferred out to Tala with them. And I worked in the operating theatre at their Theatre 5, were very good to me. And a bit like Peter, when I signed my permanent contract which I was very grateful for and to have been given at 23 years of age was was quite the thing as I signed it I didn't quite sure how contracts work I didn't have that business degree <laughs> on my back and I had been dating a chap who was in the Air Corps and they had to buy themselves out of contracts so I thought I was the same so I was like when can I get out of this and my boss a wonderful woman called Nuda was like no you can get out of it you just need a month she didn't quite understand the questions and it was literally three to four months after that I, I left nursing and I went back to Galway and I worked on a part-time basis but I also was applying for drama colleges. And it took a while to get going. You know, I hung around on the on the periphery for a while and then after five or six years started working with the bigger companies. I was kind of getting work with smaller companies and stuff like that and started working with the bigger companies, uh, the Abbey and uh, Rough Magic. Rough Magic were great to me. They employed me an awful lot for a long number of years and I still work with them. In more recent times, I've worked for the Abbey a few times and I've just recently done Richard Third with Druid, which was a fantastic experience um, and a great show and hoping it might have a life going forward. So, yeah. I suppose when I was younger, I would have listened to comedians like Lenny Bruce, uh, Richard Pryor, George Carlin. And there's a certain, there was always within their work, a kind of, um, they were always breaking boundaries, some at some level political, at some level social. And, uh, you know, I always thought then comedy had a, it was like a weapon at times, you know, that you can say things and do things in comedy that in normal kind of literature or, or writing or television, you actually can't. Comedians can get away with an awful lot. They're very often the people when, you know, something, we're moving into a new phase of, of society or whatever is happening, that they're the ones kind of on the edge and they actually have to have a kind of very quick, intuitive understanding of new movements or new phases of 
political or social development. Uh, then I studied, went back and did a three year drama degree in DIT in the Conservatory Music and Drama there. Had a wonderful time and I just kind of thought, oh, well, I want to throw myself into this full time. And I was very lucky. My first job, uh, the lovely Martin Murphy took me on uh, into Team Theatre Company and I would, it would have been a six month contract, which is kind of an unusual way to start because most jobs would never last that long. But it was a great, a great learning curve. And I know a lot of actors, even Peter, who worked with me here, would have started in Team Theatre Company. And it was a great basis and foundation. But while I did that, once that ended, you know, while I was getting a regular wage then, it was back to the operating theatre doing agency nursing and in and out and working in their urology unit in Tallinn, the matter private I worked in when they opened their new theatre suite. So you are very much at the beck and call of of uh, your agency and then if you got an audition you know that's why it, it would work but then alas like the rest of the country we had a recession and there was an embargo and then it was harder to work as a nurse so then it was in private nursing care so because of my work in the hospital I would have met friends of mine who were doctors and who were very kindly to take me in the odd time so I didn't I stopped working in hospitals because my acting career started to take off I suppose a little bit more working with Performance Corporation and Tall Tales and then Druid Theatre and the Abbey and Rough Magic and uh, Breathe a Cash and Pat Moylan and Lane Productions, Donald Shields. So I've been very lucky and since then have been able to maintain an acting job. Whether it is a living wage, that's a story for another time. But we will have, that's what I'm doing at the minute. We all know how precarious life of an actor is. So I still do accountancy. I still rely on it. I still depend on it. Uh, I could never do that hand to mouth existence. I just, I couldn't. Uh, at one stage, my ambition was to be a full time actor. And that's almost impossible in this country to to survive at any kind of level at all. I know there are some who manage to do it, but I would think more than half of us don't. And I'm one of those people who don't. Yeah, when I'm writing it, it's sometimes hard to say where the idea comes from. Very often it can be a visual image, can be an event. You you know, very often what writers do is you trawl the newspapers and uh, you're just looking for stories from kind of various different angles. And sometimes, you know, I actually forget where I got the idea from. Not that I've stolen from somebody or anything like that, but it, sometimes it becomes lost in the process. I have just finished working with a children's theatre company in Belfast uh, called Cahoots NI and it was a co-production with the Mac Theatre in Belfast and it was a children's show, a lovely children's show called The Elves and the Shoemaker. Very different. Not a stand-up comedian, a shoemaker's wife I was for the last few months. And I'm going on to something completely different now. I'm about to work with Living Dread Theatre Company and we tour around Ireland with Marco Doherty's wonderful production of Trad and uh, we're setting sail on that in the next couple of weeks where I pay the other extreme, a very elderly lady and a very elderly priest. Um, I worked for other people for a long time in the last four or five years I've set up on my own and to be perfectly honest most of my clients are actors writers uh, producers directors so yeah I kind of get to see it from that side as well and I don't resent it anymore uh, and it pays the bills and it's you know it's a very portable you know for example I did a radio play here a while ago where I wasn't playing a huge part so I had a bit of time off I got at least two tax returns done while I was sitting out in that room waiting Generally if I'm writing I write probably from about eight o'clock in the morning till maybe one o'clock. That's it. And if I'm writing that segment of the day, I don't write in the afternoons. I might kind of read or I might just, it's like you let let the brain drift. And it, the writing does kind of continue subliminally because very often that's when you actually find the solutions to the problems you encounter in the morning. Actually talking about money and talking about pay is something that's quite important. You know, not giving somebody personal information away but actually that sharing of information because 
information is power and all that and, and information leads to more fairness, more equity and stuff like that. So I'm a, I'm a huge advocate. I'm the chair of Theatre Forum. Uh, we're big into the whole precarity around actors and artists pay, theatre professionals pay. So yeah, that, that whole side of things really interests me and it's something that we've done a lot of work and campaigning over the last while. Just bringing it higher up the political agenda, the amount of funding that goes into the arts, the fact that here in Ireland we uh, don't really fund to the same level of other European countries. We're trying to make the argument that it's not hugely expensive to fund the arts. It's just not. It might seem like a big number if you consider it on its own, but when you compare it to the cost of running a country, it's not big and it's well below European averages. I actually rewrite a lot. And in fact, I enjoy the rewriting process um, because it's rare that you will on the first draft get it get it all right. You can't. But in general, rewriting is a, a really important part of the process. The first draft is the first phase. And then, you you know, there's many, a number of phases that will always come afterwards. And, you know, including when you, say, record a radio play, there's editing that goes on beyond the initial recording. And then, you you know, before you actually, the thing is complete. Theatre Forum is a membership-based organisation. Our members consist of uh, theatre companies, theatre professionals, artists, writers, directors, venues, festivals, arts offices and local county councils. It was founded about... 16, 17 years ago and it was founded just to run the theatre conference each year and people like Anne Clark from Landmark Theatre Company were on it. Tanya Bonatti ran it for the first number of years, the chief executive. At the moment on the board uh, we have myself, I'm the chair of the board. We have Jen Coppinger who works in the Abbey. We have Julie Kelleher from The Everyman in Cork. We have Patricia McBride from Ongreenon in Letterkenny and lots more amazing people. Uh, play is directed by Aaron Monaghan. And my cast, fellow cast members are the lovely Emmett Kerwin and the lovely Seamus O'Rourke. And we start off in the pavilion. And then if you check out the website, we are touring around the country. We go to the Rammer and then to Navan and then to Galway, to the McLally Theatre and then back to the Abbey in the Peacock Theatre and then on to Cork in the Everyman. I do love Tommy Tiernan's work. And, you know, because it is, it kind of explores the dark depths, uh, but with a kind of, at one level of sensitivity and another level with an outrageousness. I think that the the business of theatre, I think it's going through a transition stage at the moment. Funding was always a difficulty in this country. And when we hit the crash, the arts got cut disproportionately. And they went down to a, a, a level that, the business couldn't survive it, the industry couldn't survive. And since then, they've been increased piecemeal, very little. But in the last couple of years, it's been an OK increase. But we're still not back above where we were. And it's post-crash, and it's post-crash by, what are we now, 2019. It's been 11 years since the financial crash. And we're still a good chunk below, and everything has got much more expensive. So actually, to survive as an artist in particular in this business is, is becoming... I think anyway, it's becoming increasing. Of course, it's becoming increasingly difficult. It's always difficult, but actually it's becoming untenable. And I think that if you take actors in particular, I mean, that's that's what I am. So that's what I'm seeing up close. You said take actors from maybe 20 years ago, my age, 20 years ago, I'm mid 40s. They bought their house. They were able to be in a position where they could buy a house and so forth. That doesn't happen anymore. I think it doesn't happen for most people. I, I think that that is a societal problem. Um, but I think that it's going to hit the people who are in the most precarious position. And while the hardworking and amazing teachers and nurses in this country, they're all in a really tricky position. At least it's regular for them. They can kind of plan accordingly and, and, and so forth. But with people who work in the arts, it's like you have a decent year, then you have an appalling year, then you have a pretty bad year, then an OK year, so forth. 
And so therefore what's going to happen is that as more time goes on, we're going to see more people kind of going off a cliff. Uh, they're going to hit retirement age. You're not going to get as much work. They're going to be trying to survive on a state pension, but they're still going to be paying rent. The mortgage is not going to be paid off. Pensions used to be a thing that used to be around. There was an Abbey pension and various other places where you maybe eke a pension out of an, an, an RT contract player or whatever. They don't exist anymore. And I just think that we're going into a period where while it's bad at the moment, I think it's going to get even worse unless somebody steps up and just bridges that gap with increased funding. That was In the Wings. You heard the voices of writer Joe O'Byrne and actors Claire Barrett and Peter Daly talking about working on Joe's play Fish Climbing Trees. Next Sunday's Drama on One. Drama on One. A lie told often enough becomes the truth. Drama on One, Sundays at 8pm. The pessimist sees the difficulty in every opportunity. An optimist sees the opportunity in every difficulty. rte.ie forward slash drama on one. Compassion is the basis of morality. Drama on One. The tongue like a sharp knife kills without drawing blood. Drama on One. I'm Stanley Townsend. I'm Angeline Ball. I'm Stephen Ray. Hi, I'm Lawrence Kinlan. Hi, I'm Saoirse Ronan. I'm Nick Dunning. Hi, I'm Brendan Gleeson and you can hear me at rte.ie forward slash drama on one. rte.ie forward slash drama on one. Drama on one.